Are you damn right? Hope everybody's having a good Tuesday. Cowboys fans, Longhorn fans, other fan bases as well. Still trying to process what happened over the weekend. We totally understand. We'll be cleaning some of that up today. Pro and college football, new CFP rankings tonight. If you're a Longhorn basketball fan, you got a monster game coming up tomorrow night against Gonzaga. If you're a Texas women's basketball fan, you saw a test last night. Team wasn't quite up to the full four quarters. They've got stuff to work on. Chad and Zay on a Tuesday. I'm Chad Hastings, joined as always by Isaiah Collier. He loves his basketball. He loves his Longhorns. How are you, Zay? Yo, I'm doing good. Doing better than how Vic Schaefer's doing today. Trying Woo! to stop oh that fun light-skinned girl. She was giving them girls that work last night in Connecticut. Step back jumper, stutter steps. You're looking like Damian Lillard. It was a pretty impressive performance. Man. UConn, we know they have one, but when you have one and that one is hurt, and then you show everybody that you've got another one, it's incredible. Women's basketball, for the, the time that I've been watching it and covering it, you can change games, you can change eras, you can change a lot if you have one. If you have one absolute take-over-a-game stud. And UConn usually ends up this era recruiting two or three or four sometimes. But last night, for them to be able to do that, and Texas, I'll give them credit, they hung with them for a lot of that game. Yeah, They were right there. But like Vic Schaefer said in, in the postgame, it was that third quarter that got them. UConn comes out of halftime and really put it on them uh, and, and ultimately put them away. They'll learn a lot from last night. That's what's great about basketball, Zay. You know you can schedule good non-conference to teach you lessons and so you can get better. Yeah, number 35. Fudd, who had 32 mm. points on the horns last night. Like you said, they always have one. And, you know, it's not like Connecticut's a good place to go. It's cold as hell almost the whole time you're there as a college student, but they just have a tradition of winning, and that's what gets girls like Diana Taurasi, who's from California, all the way yeah. over to the other side of the U- U.S. to play for Gino. I mean, you know, I love me some Rebecca Lobo. It started with her team yeah, back I did. in the 90s and they won it and Sue Bird who just retired and T- Tarasi and then Maya Moore and et cetera, et cetera. They're just players out the yin-yang. And we talked about yesterday briefly Paige Beckers, she not playing, probably one of the most famous women's basketball players in the last decade just with social media and NIL and whatnot. And uh, uh, Is it Ozzy Fudd or, it, or it's, it's A-Z-Z? A-Z-Z-I. Ozzy? I'm just calling her Fudd. Or AZ. Yeah, either way. All right, a little light-skinned girl. That's what I'll call her, too. Yeah, but I'll have I've to learn that. I've I... known of her for, like, the last three or four years, when she was about 15 years old, because in Steph Curry's camp, which gets all the best high school boys and girls players in the nation to go to his camp and train with Steph Curry and learn kind of his methods. He don't give you everything because he knows he's going to have to see a lot of those guys in the league in a few years, but Hmm. he just gives you just enough and you get to play pickup with them. And Miss Fudd was going to work at 15 years old doing what she did last night to the Lady Horn. So, yeah, we know if no Rory Harmon, it would have been a tough task for them to win that game, but it's a long season and they'll bounce back. Yeah, 32 for Fudd last night, and it was a 21-14 third quarter that ended up being big. Uh, UConn also outscored Texas by six in that second quarter. Over 10,000 show up to Gamble Pavilion for that game. 83-76 was the final. So, basketball going on as those two teams get cranked up and both are highly 
highly ranked. Uh, of course, the big matchup with Gonzaga for the men tomorrow night. We'll definitely get to that as we lead up to it. Right now, though, let's go with the spec set piece because there's no longer an undefeated in the NFL. The Specs Set Piece is brought to you by Specs Wine, Spirits, and Finer Foods. When it's time to kick off the Austin FC match, say big at Specs, official partner of Austin FC. We now take you to the headquarters of the Taylor Heineke Fan Club. President Isaiah Collier is waving his flag. Let's he's go. He's got a t-shirt on with Taylor's face <laughs> on it. Zay. Yo, I am wearing the colors, right? You are kind of wearing the colors today. I don't know what shirt this is. I just grabbed a shirt today, but yeah. As a Cowboys fan who wanted to see the Eagles lose a game, I was enjoying it last night, but I kept thinking about you because you are the number one Taylor Heineke fan that I know. Yo, he's my dude. He's the ultimate warrior. I'll say this every time he plays. The the locker room, they just, there's something about him that gives the locker room juice. And Carson Wentz, I don't think he could bring that same juice. Like, they gave him the Kurt Cousins treatment yesterday on the bus ride home. They put chains on him, and Chase Young's out here taking pictures, and they put buffs on him, which is famous Detroit Cartier glasses. Oh, thank that's you. What, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's you what could buff, tell. Yeah, he was buffed up. So, buffed. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he was buffed up. Excellent. So even though he didn't have a spectacular game, he had one interception, 17-29, 211 yards. They controlled the possession and controlled the time of the game with, like you're going to definitely talk about. Oh, no, no. I'd like for you to tell people. Oh, man. How much time of possession did Heineke have? 40 minutes. A 40? 40 minutes. A 40-20? A 40-20. A 40-19-36 if you want to get. You know me. But, yeah, round it out. I normally round. Round it out. I normally round it to make it clear for people. Yeah, yeah. 40-20s don't happen every day, Jay. They don't. And, And shout out to Brian Robinson, one of the greatest stories in NFL history. The guy was literally getting robbed a few months ago and got shot, and now he's contributing to a team that's on the rise. Like, the NFC East is for real. Even though they're at the the bottom, we know it's a pretty good conference. And, yeah, for him to get 86 yards, 26 carries, and Antonio Gibson come right back behind him, get his 44 yards, 14 carries, and just Taylor Heineke making timely throws. Him and Terry McLaurin, they have such a good chemistry. We saw it the previous week when they played the Colts and beat Sam Ellinger on that crazy pass to Terry McLaurin where he called it in the red zone and clutch time so yeah Taylor Heineke man he's my guy ever since I saw him get close to beating the Super Bowl champs Buccaneers they had them on the ropes had you nervous oh yeah back in 2020 no and doubt. they couldn't pull it off but they were right there and I know the commanders paid Carson Wentz all that money but hey just like what Steve Sarkeesian should have done in benching Quinn Ewers, it's about winning the game. And if, Car- and if uh, Taylor Heineke is going to put you in the best situation to win the games from here on out, then Carson Wentz, that pine, is there for you, my guy. He was so great last night, too, afterwards when they said, like, hey, do you think you've done enough, whatever? He goes, you know, I, I don't control that part. Let them deal with that. He goes, I play every game like it's going to be my last game. <laughs> I play every game like that's it, you know. And this is a guy that's come through, you know, XFL and went to a small school. And we were double checking that he was on that old Dominion team. Old Dominion that pulled. I think he's he's the quarterback that pulled that crazy upset of Virginia Tech a few years ago. So it's a great story. And here's the other thing, Zay. Look at the if you look at the playoff standings right now in the NFC. Right now, Washington's not in, but they're lurking. The number seven seed would be San Francisco. 
after winning that game Sunday night. But Washington and Green Bay are the next two teams, and we've got some football left to play because everybody's played either nine or ten games, which means you've got either seven or eight games left to play, and you've got Aaron Rodgers and that team looking like they looked on Sunday, run the ball, control the clock, get some of these young receivers to wake up, and oh, by the way, it's Aaron Rodgers. In Washington's case, to show us something I didn't know was possible. I didn't know you could go face the Eagles and take the ball from them for 40 minutes. That's kind of their game. They want to get physical and nasty and run the ball and run the clock and kind of give you no opportunities. For them to put a 40-20 on them like that, that sends a message to everybody else. If I'm San Francisco, I'm really paying attention to something like that. Where you're like, whoa, wait, okay, if we end up playing that team, let's jot that down. And people just learned the lesson about if you didn't know it, you can run on the Dallas Cowboys as well. Yeah, you can. If you do that effectively, that could be a way to get by them. So um, that was impressive stuff from Washington. No undefeated this year. Yes, the Dolphins team in 72 still the only one. And Washington is 5-5 five and five and lurking. They're, yeah. the, they're the eight seed right now. Yeah, and the Eagles with their first loss, they were just a little sloppy yesterday. A lot of people think the Eagles are overrated and – They've had an easy schedule. I wouldn't go that far. They have beaten the Vikings. They've beaten the Cowboys. They've beaten some pretty good teams. I I don't think they're overrated, but we saw yesterday that they could be beat, and this is the National Football League. Any given Sunday, that's why they say that. So, yeah, you know, they had some unfortunate circumstances. I thought that pass from Jalen Hurts to Watkins, which was a beautiful pass, but then he fumbled right afterwards. Huge play. Oh, well, such a big play. (laughs) What a big play. Yeah, it gave gave me deja vu of Roshan Johnson, and even though it wasn't that type of play, but just Roshan Johnson against Kansas State on that fourth down. That's a perfect comparison. It it felt very much like that, even though I had no dog in the fight with this game. I said, well, Taylor Heineke, I want him to succeed. But that's a different story. I could care if the commanders win at the end of the day. But, yeah, then the Dallas Goddard missed face mask, which they're missing a lot of face masks on the college side and the NFL side. Dude, how do you miss that one? That's it's right there. Dallas Goddard is what six four, six five, and he's a tough son of a b too. Big, big physical guy like that dragging somebody down the field, and you can't tell. What do you think he was checking the ground because he thought he dropped his glasses or something? Changed the game. Did he think he dropped some spare change? <laughs> Why do you think his head went to the ground, Mister Official? We all saw it. Yeah, yeah. You said you did what I did. I'm sure if you were watching live, I out loud said face mask. Yeah, and we the got- fact that you can't challenge that or review that, you can't challenge the face right. mask call. Is it that's that's, that's a little that's, weird? Isn't that bogus? Why wouldn't you write that in? Can we get that written in for like next season? You're, you're telling me that isn't that a very that's a black and white thing, right? Yeah, yeah. that is like seem- very simple. Did he grab the face mask or not? Yes or no? Did he grab an opening, not just the face mask? Did he grab an opening on the helmet? That's what it's about. Because they just checked to see if it was a fumble or not. Yeah. They weren't checking. Like, if it's a fumble and then there's a face mask in there, you should be able to say, oh, we missed the face mask before the fumble even happened. Right. We should have called that. That's the right call. And the, Eagles ball still. Yeah, and the timing does matter there, obviously. If the ball's already out, then it's not a face mask. Right. 
then, well, actually, that'd be an interesting d- if the determination. If the ball's out, if the ball's gone already, and it, it doesn't like affect it, it's maybe like it's accidental. Not, it's face, but it's when still, the ball's in their hand and it's a face mask, that's when I feel like the call yeah. should really be but, looked at. But it is still a penalty. If I'm an offensive lineman and, or defensive lineman and I do that to the guy I'm blocking, that's a flag, yeah, right? I yeah. can't grab a face mask and yeah, yank, a dude, the face. yank a dude's head off. Uh, so that was that was tough. Uh, that's a tough call. They got to get that right. Washington took advantage of that, but again, just the lack of possession of the ball is for the Eagles is the story of the game for me. Um, in looking at the stats, one of them that jumped out to me the the uh, I'm getting used to it. The Commanders had 21 third down opportunities, and the Eagles had eight. Zay 21 to eight. Yeah. That is not something you normally see. So that was just it's it's a different way to do business. You can you can say it's ugly at times and you're probably right. Now, but that is one way you can go win a game. They only had 3.1 a carry. Did Washington, but they found a way to get those first downs. Great stuff through the air and Heineke found a way. Heineke's numbers aren't you you read them off. They're not great. He's timely though. Yeah, he's on certain third downs, certain big time plays. He just does timely things and his energy. Like we talk about Quinn yours and you know just how you know just the lack of energy that he has in his body language and just how negative it looks. Then you see somebody like Taylor Heineke who clearly doesn't have anywhere of the arm talent that Quinn yours has or the upside definitely coming up, but the moxie and the pride and heart that he plays with, like one of the worst plays of the game last night, which I'll definitely admit was a terrible play. Old man uh, 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 Brandon Graham, when Heineke took a knee at the very end, and Brandon Graham went over there and, cow, it was a tackle slash shove, but. Would you throw a flag? Does that need to be a flag? See, that's the thing. At At that point in the game, no. Uh, and he's running, he left is going down, but and you do gotta respect the quarterback. Knowing that, yes, it's like, come on, dog. We know that we have to protect the quarterback's hell. We're getting you, penalties for throwing yeah. Tua and Tom Brady on the ground. But if one, the guy's going down, just go touch him. But once you get that big train rolling, <laughs> dude, getting the break, getting the brakes to stop that thing. Have you ever watched like a big old eighteen wheeler trying to stop or a train trying to stop? Oh, we saw Big I Mama mean, uh, 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 with her kids in the Pop Warner video. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's rough. That is that's a rough call as well. But you're right. You you do kind of have to know they're being so careful. And he tried in a way. Graham tried to sort of yeah. go to a go to a knee. It was weak. Come off of it a little bit. It was weak. But. The part you bring up with Heineke, that energy off of that was so great. When he jumps out of there and starts pumping his fists, he does have that infectious energy that the rest of the team is picking up on. Uh, Ron Rivera just went through something horrific with his mom dying, and he got emotional last night. I like that. You know, with the team, like and, and then yeah. walks out, and the yeah. team was, you know, was behind him. And, and so it's just, it's crazy. We talked about the man, this division in the NFC East, has turned into something nobody thought it could be. They threw the stat up last night. Best winning percentage at this point in an NFL season for any division ever. Ever. Any division you can think of. And it's this NFC East. That is remarkable. All four teams, I would argue, have stories you can, you can latch onto. They have culture that you can feel. They have an identity that you can feel. I don't know if any of them win the Super Bowl, 
but all four of them, I think, are tough outs in their own way. They all have something you can respect about them, and it all it feels like everybody wearing those uniforms wants to. Yeah, the uh, the pride of the NFL, I think, will always be the NFC East and the NFC uh, uh, North. Those teams are just so classic. All of those rivalries within each other are all so classic. So when all of those teams are good, like you said, it's just something to look at and like latch onto, and and it's kind of prideful in a way. If you're well, not if you're a Cowboys fan, you don't want those teams to succeed, but it's fun to watch. I feel like the NFL is just better when all of these teams are good and battling for playoffs position but yeah I going back to the Quinn yours Taylor Heineke thing that's that's just something sometimes you want you need that in your quarterback you need them to say something you need Tom Brady to light a fire in the offensive lines ask and yes yeah, sometimes it doesn't look good but it just it shows that you care, and then sometimes Quinn Ewers' body language isn't good. He's still young. He's still a freshman. He's still learning, but, you know, when I see stuff like Taylor Heineke, I'm like, okay, this guy gets it. Yeah. This guy this, this guy understands that I'm with the lack of talent that I have, this gives me something extra to make up for that. Yeah. And sometimes you need that in the football team. Yeah, um, interesting uh, you mentioned it. We'll certainly keep talking Texas coming off of the loss this past weekend, headed towards the Kansas game. Remember, the Specs text line is there for you, 337-3776. They say this is a, specifically, a, 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 very, a specific analogy here. This says, Quinn's body language always looks like he just got written up for a kitchen infraction on duty at Texas Roadhouse. <laughs> What a weird! I don't know what that means, but I don't. It's yeah, funny. It, it is strange. Uh, but of course, then there's that old saying. As we kind of you know transition to this conversation today, if Texas fans want to, there's that thing of you want it to be natural. You don't want it to be like you're trying. Because if people sense that you're trying, it's not going to work. So it's got to be find your balance. But that's all we heard about Quinn Ewers once. And it was obviously a weird time frame going, you know, leaving high school, going to Ohio State. But then as he's coming through, we kept hearing as he's getting to Texas and starting out with the Longhorns, we kept hearing about the moxie, the attitude. They'll follow him. Guys, you've talked about the some yeah, of the. Yeah, he is cool. Some of the players that'll like reference him in rap songs or yeah. he's, he's in there dancing on somebody's Instagram or a TikTok or something like that. So you felt like, okay, well, he's going to have that cool, the swagger. And then it was, well, yeah, did you see? when he threw that pick against ULM shook it right off didn't seem to bother him just kept going and when you are successful after that that's what you do you say oh man he just keeps it even keel but then when things go wrong on the other side of it it becomes is he too robotic is he staring into space too much and is he not giving them something to follow yeah yeah and you know Eli Manning he had that like that just mm. weird look about him flat, but flat face yeah flat face but mm. he won so we didn't look at it but we look at Jay Cutler and he had it in the worst way Chicago mm. ate him alive because of that you know so I, yeah. I see I don't, don't think he has that look on his face do I Cutler to me always had the look of I'm better than everybody that's out here and why don't y'all know it Quinn doesn't look like that to me just at times he does look like he's trying to his eyes get big I've, I've, over the years, the, the phrase I've used is the eyes need to soften on a quarterback. Your eyes just need to soften up a little bit. Everything can't be, oh, my God, 
Oh, my. Oh, my. It can't happen. Your eyes have to sort of take. Like, watch Jalen Hurts. That's, the, that's what he's become now. His eyes are always just so soft. Watch, watch how uh, Aaron Rodgers, even now, Aaron Rodgers reacting to stuff. He do, his eyes don't bug out of his head, and he'll start. Now he'll get mad. Well, he'll, he'll have bad body language too. He'll though. get upset, and he can't have some bad body language. He can get a little mopey, but overall, I think the face stays all right with him. But that's something Quinn needs to think about and maybe look at. How are you reacting to those situations? To so the drops with Jaleel Billingsley and Xavier Worthy and JT Sanders, you could see him shaking his head and the emotion on his face. You you really saw it this weekend, yep. uh, this Saturday against TCU, because uh, uh, with all four quarters of them having those second-half woes that we've been talking about and them doing it for a full game, it, it weighs on you. And he was missing those looks. B. John Robinson, he missed that big throw. Balls weren't accurate over guys' heads and stuff. And, yeah, it's just we know Sark's going to ride it out with him and – that's all you could look at as something positive. I don't like it. I don't agree with it. I think you owe everybody on this ball club do whatever it takes to win the game. And if Hudson Card is that, then you do that. Or just making the game easier for Quinn. Clearly that's what he thinks he can do, and he has yet to clearly show that. But you got to do something. This team and this defense especially worked too hard on Saturday to just allow that offense to stay the way it did and give you only three points. Well, it was rough, uh, but on the TCU side, they get the big win. They stay undefeated, and they're probably going to still be in the top four tonight. We'll talk about the next CFP rankings coming up. Also, Week 10 NFL cleanup. We have not talked enough about that Buffalo-Minnesota game. There's one little, mm. there's one little part of that game I haven't heard discussed enough. We'll get into to that coming up in the crap bag Longhorn fans don't worry I've done the math for you I'll tell you how Texas can get back to that big 12 championship game there's actually a couple of fairly easy routes uh, they're going to need a little bit of help but I'll tell you how all that works with tiebreakers and everything that's coming up at 1245 at 105 it's our weekly conversation with Jeff Ward of the Jeff Ward show you know he'll have a thought on his Longhorns looking like that against TCU it's all coming up on the horn Oh no. Oh. Don't make me cry, Zay. Don't make me do it. Someone swept your heart away. I see some long hair in the back. I feel like there's less on top. Wow. What now? <laughs> and then. Remember it back then? That weird mane he had? Are you going Michael Bolton on the people? That is not what's go with the man. That is not what's happening here, is it? Is it? Mm. <laughs> Come on, Michael. Michael Bolton. Yo, whoever broke his heart for him to make this, what a woman. Why should I change my name? He's the one who sucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Go watch Office Space today if you haven't. Such a good movie. That's one of your go-tos. You said I that, right? Love that. Like anytime it's on, you gotta watch it. Yes, so yeah. glad because I I feel so lucky that I have this job 
And at one point in my life, I did have a cubicle job. So when I watch Office Space, I just kind of check off in my brain, hey, your job can get weird, it can get strange, it can get bizarre, it can get tough. You don't have a job like that. Yeah. Be glad you don't have a job like that. That Uh, movie is almost classic. And Jennifer Aniston ruins the whole movie. Yeah, we don't need to go back to your some of the worst actors. Jennifer Aniston that you will ever see in life. One of the worst actresses that gets away with her looks. Again, Ross should have really cheated on Rachel. It's terrible. At the end of the day, for how bad of an actress she was. I I don't give a damn how hot she looks. I don't know the she is looks. Now she's doing movies with Adam Sandler, so her standards. She went from like Ben Affleck to Adam Sandler. Oh, That's tough. Here we go. I, I love See? Adam Sandler. I love him, but I'm just saying, like, yeah. come on. I don't think you and I are ever going to disagree more on something than your Jennifer Aniston <laughs> acting take. But then again, I'm one of those guys that watched like every season of Friends and loved her and all that. So, all right. I even liked her in Picture Perfect with Jay oh, Moore. My Dude, I'm sorry. I got a sick. I got the sickness. I got the Aniston flu. I do. Uh, Michael Bolton gets us started today. Uh, we hope you are having a good. By the way, speaking of music, Zay, I would like to take everyone live to the queue at the Taylor Swift trying to get tickets department today. Uh, well, last night I thought I was so lucky, so lucky. They sent me the email and a text with a code, and it said, "You're in." You're in to the pre-sale, verified fans only, Taylor Swift. And it's, uh, the, she's doing Houston and Dallas shows in 2023. And I click in, and they put me in the QZ, and it said 2,000-plus people ahead of you. Ooh, and then, Taylor and then doing la- numbers. And then later it said the queue has been temporarily paused. And then I got a message at 11.15 that said, it started at 10, by the way, the start of the pre-sale will be delayed. Do not close this window or attempt to rejoin the queue from this or any other browser. We will keep you updated here when the pre-sale will begin. So Taylor broke the pre-sale at Ticketmaster today. Yo, man, she's serious. It's she's unbelievable. Serious. She has... I want to say she has a banner in the rafters at the Staples Center because she has the most sold-out shows Is that ever. Right? In, well, it's not called Staples Center. or Crypto Arena. Let's see how long Crypto. that com, yeah, yeah, with crypto going up and down. But, yeah, yeah she she does numbers. It's crazy. I just she does. Breaking up with them boyfriends. Yeah. Poor, poor my man, uh... Josh Mayer, who is it? Was it? Uh, John Mayer? John Mayer, John or Mayer. Or there's Jake Gyllenhaal. There's... Gyllenhaal. The, apparently the Harry Styles part is fine. Harry she's, Styles? She's okay with the, the Harry. They dated a little while. And wow. I, don't, I don't know if there's any songs about him, though. I think they, they, they parted on good terms. Okay. It is possible to do that. You well, can date Taylor and not get songs written about you. Okay. A lot of them. Anyway. Now, did John Mayer make songs about her? I don't know. I don't know. Okay, because you would think. I'll make a song about you like it should be in the deal. We both break up. I'll make a song about you. We you like can't sign, make a song about me. Sign, yeah. Okay, we're, we're good. Let's not talk <laughs> about the relationship. But everybody's always going to assume once you make songs, oh, love yeah. songs, or breakup songs, it's going to be about the former significant other. They call that the no diss track clause. You just write that in there, the no diss track. All right, uh, so we were hitting the NFL side of things. Washington getting the win last night. Uh, also, of course, Longhorns and Kansas coming up this week. 2.30 kick, 10.30 is the pregame time. Aaron, Rod, and Hards cranking it up from Lavaca Street Bar. The original, right there on Lavaca. Come on out and see us and watch the uh, game out there. You might not want to watch this team alone at this point, so come on out and have a drink and check out the Longhorns in Kansas. 2.30 kick. Uh, a lot of people are 
texting us today about uh, Quinn Ewers' quarterback position, a lot of that stuff. If you want to do that, 337-3776. Somebody says, Russell Wilson, a great example of trying too hard and it not working. Yeah, that's... That is true. Uh, sometimes that can it can be that. Somebody says, forget his looks and what he looks like on the sidelines. The past three games, he's underthrown or overthrown too many passes. Not sure why the quarterback is sacred when not performing. Zay, you mentioned um, you know, the whole Hudson Card thing before the break. What I keep asking myself is, if he had gone to Hudson Card in any of these games, wouldn't he have just kept taking those shots? So would we be arguing that Hudson will hit the shots? Or, or do you think he would just change the plays he's calling if he went to Hudson Card? I would hope he's changing the plays he's calling. I think he would take the shots less frequently okay. because he knows Hudson Card or he feels like Hudson Card can't make every throw. He feels like Quinn Ewers can make every throw, and that's a serious problem. He can't. He but, can't. But you just just like yesterday, we just answered the question. He answered it for you yesterday. Yeah. If we've got the shot, we're gonna take it. And if he believes that three is the that three is the gun to take the shot with and five isn't, you're not gonna see five. But then that's also not true because B. John Robinson just said yesterday on that play on that wheel route where you were wide open, were you the number one option? He said yes. Quinn didn't take the shot. So it's like, what the hell is it? Hmm. That's where yeah. it goes. To, it's his decision making at the end of the day. Like, yes, you're, if, he, if you're going to say, let's go deep, and that's the first option, yes, he will look at that. But he's also not looking at other things that are right there. If Bijan was supposed to be the first option there with what Steve Sarkeesian told us yesterday in the press conference, that means he should have hit that shot. Yeah. So that's what's so frustrating with this offense because you don't know what the hell's going on. And by the way, my mistake, I said uh, I said five. Three and one are the two quarterbacks. My bad. I was not referencing Bijan Robinson there. That should be. I don't know what you meant. Uh, Although uh, Bijan could probably take those shots and maybe hit him. I don't know how he throws the ball, but you know, <laughs> take, maybe, take, maybe take a shot. And plus, if, if Hudson Card's in there, he gives you at least a running option because he's not afraid to, if everything breaks down, run for 10 yards and get the first down or run for extra yards. Quinn, we kind of saw him do it in that Iowa State game, mm-hmm. but not really. You know, he really doesn't want to do that. So it just gives you different options. That's all. Yeah. And plus it gives the defense on the other side, it makes them regroup, and now they have to look at the offense differently because a new quarterback's in there, so they have to adjust to that. So just just to see where it goes. But, hey, he, he ain't going to do that. No, he hasn't done it, not even for a drive or two, just to kind of see if he can get uh, Quinn to calm down in-game. That really hasn't happened. Uh, so we'll continue to talk college football as we get ready for Texas. Tonight is the first – the first – the next CFP rankings. We'll get into that a little bit. Also, Zay, I think we could take the rest of the week and hit little ingredients of Buffalo and Minnesota. Just an incredible game. Feels like there's one every year in the NFL. A couple years ago, there was a Rams-Chiefs game that everybody ended up talking about. It was just incredible. So this is kind of the game of the year in that realm. There's one little one thing I haven't heard discussed a ton, and this is, again, my old man football stuff, but when I watch a football game, I'm thinking to myself a couple things. The decisions I make when it becomes touchdown, field goal, whatever – can I increase the number of trips that my opponent needs? And can I increase the types? Can I change the types of trips that they need? Why is it that at 27 17, the Bills facing fourth and two from the seven yard line, why don't they just take that field goal? 
why don't you make it 30 to 17? Because that takes it from 10 to 13. You just forced them to go two trips, and they have to both be touchdowns. And Zay, if everything else had stayed the same, even with the crazy play at the goal line, the field goal at the end wouldn't have tied it. It would have won the game. And Josh Allen would be the mayor of Buffalo today and maybe the governor of New York. Yeah, Sean McDermott's the ultimate players coach for the Buffalo Bills. He has a lot, maybe in like an arrogant way, too much confidence in his offense. And he thinks Josh Allen is Superman. And at times he does Superman things. But in recent weeks, Josh Allen has made some bad decisions, has made some pretty critical mistakes in clutch situations, and now the Bills, who everybody had as Super Bowl picks, now they're sitting at the third seed of the AFC uh, uh, East, which is a really good division. Every team in that conference is in the playoffs if you would have started the playoffs today. But, yeah, it's just questionable decision-making. Sometimes you just got to take the points. I mean, go back to the Cowboys game and what they should have done on that fourth down. Mike McCarthy and, and Kellen Moore, they went for it with Dak Prescott, who wasn't having a good game, didn't get it. Aaron Rodgers goes down the end, they right. kick a field goal ball game. So do you punt? Do you try to kick a field goal? you got to have a lot of faith in your uh, kicker, and your kicker definitely has to prove to you, can you make that kick right. under these tough circumstances? Every, everybody can make a kick in the first quarter that's 60-something yards or 50-something yards. Well, not everybody, yeah. but a lot of people can. When that pressure's on you under two minutes and the game's on the line and it's in your hands, or should I say in your feet <laughs> or in your foot, then what are you going to do with it? Clearly McDermott didn't have confidence in his kicker to kick that field goal, and, yeah, they got another L. The line of scrimmage was the seven. <laughs> like the Cowboys thing was a 52-53 yard. Right. That's when you have that discussion. Yeah. This is a, this is a chippy, right? This is easy. Yeah, that's, I'm arrogant. Seven, take it back. For, it's a 24-yard kick, 24, 25, whatever it would have been. So with 10 minutes to go in the game at home, you don't want a two-touchdown lead. Huh. That's just weird to me. Yeah. I don't understand it. You would have uh, – yeah, I don't get it. Tell Kirk Cousins you've got to come get two touchdowns. Take a field goal out of play for him. Uh, that's what I would have done, but that is not what the Bills did. Minnesota somehow finds a way to win that game, and they are 8-1. and one. Wow. Uh, Longhorns not 8-1. and one. Longhorns lose their – Fourth of the year and sit at six and four, and they of course are five. Well, not to carry the four, four and three in conference play. Up next in the crab bag, I'll tell you how they can get to the Big Twelve Championship game. We'll talk about a couple of those tiebreakers that could exist, and the one tiebreaker the Longhorns do not want to have happen to them. Then it's Jeff Ward coming up at one o five from Je- the Jeff Ward Show to talk about the Longhorns and I'm sure a lot more. Stay with us. It's the Horn. This one I'll admit I may I shouldn't have in my brain. There's more important things I could know than this. But I think I know it. Because I can see her in the video. I can see her in the movie theater. 1985. It should be the wheelhouse. I can feel her screaming at the screen. Oh man. Oh, Keep it down, down. 
Voices Carry. The song is called Voices Carry, and I think this is Till Tuesday. That away. See? All right. I shouldn't have that in my head. I shouldn't. <laughs> I should not have that in my head, but I do. She was kind of weird, like 80s, coked out hot. Yeah, she, Str- strange she, hair. Yeah, she had the Bridget Nielsen hair, but she looked like Wes Stefani, so she's hot. Oh, dude, and at the end when she's screaming, Yes, it! Shut up! Yes, it! She does Shut that at the end of this song. She's yelling in a, she's in a movie theater, and like he's in the theater with her, and she's screaming at him. Oh, it's fantastic. Fantastic. Till Tuesday and Michael Bolton, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. There you go. Oh, you're getting right to it? You're going to go to the screening I was, at the end? But I, I, I don't know. I don't know if we have time. No, we probably don't have time. But that's all right. Go look oh. up. Go look up till Tuesday. You'll see the video from back in the day. Chad and Zay with you on this Tuesday. Longhorn fans still trying to process what's going on with their offense, specifically their quarterback. Just an ugly first half of football ultimately led to a loss there. No uh, first half, no touchdowns from that offense. Just not what we thought we would see in that ball game. You know what? I'm proud that Quinn Ewers owned up to his bad mechanics and footwork and said it in his little presser yesterday. I got to clean that stuff up. Yeah. Yes, you do. I don't know if he can do it mid-season, but That'd I agree. Be tough, but I agree with him. Yeah. yeah. If you can, go ahead. I mean, we just need to find th- that old thing about the offensive coordinator. In this case, he's also the head coach. He goes to the quarterback and he says, what do you like? What plays do you like? What throws do you like? That's what they need to figure out. Because right now, three's not hitting that long ball. Okay. Th- Sark's got to come up with something else that he thinks that will feel like he's being that risky. It's almost like if you're in, you know, like if you have a sweet tooth for, say, cherry pie, but you know you can't eat cherry pie every single night. You got to find something else that feels a little bit dangerous. Yeah. But it can't be cherry pie, okay? So find something. What is it? Is it a deep out? Is it a slant? Is it a crazy seam route? Is it a reverse? Is it something that starts in the backfield and then ends up with a crazy but a crazy pass, but it's not as long? Like, talk to Quinn Ewers about it and be like, hey, man, can you throw this? Can you? Because th- Quinn can throw anything you want. It's just that he's not throwing the long one well right now. Find something else. Yeah, and then that's where, well, supposed to be your assistants come in, like A.J. Milwee, the quarterback coach, because that's where he should be the whole time, like saying those things. Hey, Sark. He likes this. Mm-hmm. And if Steve Sarkeesian, are you taking that stuff in? Because there's I heard Bucky Gobble talking about it this morning. He said, I've been on staffs where the head coaches weren't listening to the assistants. And he was an assistant. Right. And that's just how it is. There's co- certain coaches that are just egotistical and very prideful and want to be the reason why the success happens when it does happen. Yeah. And that's a shame. I hope Steve Sarkeesian isn't like that. I've talked about it before. Maybe he shouldn't be the offensive coordinator and the head coach because this isn't a normal university. This is the University of Texas. Everything that you have to be responsible for. Hell, we heard the story about Mac Brown having two phones, one for his personal life, one for the boosters. Mm. Plus he had a... Uh, uh, football to worry about so all those things recruiting it's just there's a lot there's a lot that goes into it and sometimes yes you could be great at play designing but you might not be as good at play calling that's okay you did that at Alabama but who was the big dog there 
Nick Saban, the GOAT. Mm -hmm. So it made your life easier to just call plays, which that's where you make your money. And I get that's why you are the offensive coordinator. But also now the situation's different. And you're 11 and 11 during your tenure here. Your overall record from Washington and USC ain't the best either. So, hey, just throwing it out there. All they had to do was dial 555 booster. They just call me right up. It's incredible. Straight line right to me. Straight line, baby. Right in there. All right, uh, let's get you a little crap bag here. I'll tell you how Texas can get to Jerry World. Chad's crap bag. Crap bag. If you need an easy way to remember it, just think of a bag of crap. Brought to you by AV Consultations. 255-8678 or go to avconsultations.com. Fairly simple for Texas. They just need to not find themselves in a tiebreaker head-to-head with Oklahoma State. That's the number one thing they've got to avoid. Uh, So the easiest way, easiest path I can find for you, Texas fans, is this. You win out and you'll be 6-3. and three. You need Kansas State to lose one game, and then they would ultimately be 6-3. and three. They play at West Virginia this week. Neil Brown could help you out. They play against Kansas, rival game, hosting them in Manhattan the last game of the season. If they lose one, you probably don't want them to lose both, just in case Oklahoma State is lurking to find their way into a tiebreaker with you. But if they lose one, you'd be tied with them at 6-3. and three. And Oklahoma State losing a game would also help you because that would go ahead and kick them down to four losses, get them out. But here's your extra good news, Texas fans. If you end up in a three-way tiebreaker with Oklahoma State and Kansas State, by my numbers, if I'm understanding the Big 12 you know, tiebreaker that I went through last night and today, and if I understand it right, the Longhorns would ultimately win that. Because remember, when Oklahoma State played K-State, that was the 48 nothing. And the way they work, the way the tiebreaker would ultimately work, if you're a three-way tie and you've each beaten each other, right? You beat you, you know, Texas beat Oklahoma. Excuse me, Oklahoma State beat Texas. Who beat Kansas State? Who beat Oklahoma State? In that case, Texas won by seven and lost by seven. So Texas would have zero. Oklahoma State won by seven but lost by forty-eight. So they'd be minus 41. Kansas State would be plus 41 because they won by 48 and lost by 7. So if you have that situation, you take the lowest number and you just kick that team out. And that's Oklahoma State. So you're left with Texas and Kansas State, and that's when head-to-head takes over. Texas wins the game. Texas would go play TCU. Everybody follow that? Quiz later. Um, That's one easy way that they could get in. If you're wondering, the Baylor-Oklahoma State-K-State tiebreaker would work differently because Baylor, Baylor's stuck in a weird way. They lost to both of those teams. Baylor lost to Oklahoma State. Baylor lost to Kansas State. So they're going to have a little different path. Baylor needs to win out, and they need to have teams falling off. They need teams behind them. Beating Texas would do that for them, but they need those other teams. They don't need to be in a tie with Oklahoma State. They, don't need, to be, they need K-State to lose both of their last two games, which ultimately could help Texas as well. If Texas wins out, and if K-State lost their two, that'd just get them out of the way. But again, the problem mm. but again, the problem yeah. the problems they could be that Oklahoma, Oklahoma State team. Oh if, my God. Because if they win in Norman and they win in Stillwater against West Virginia, they would finish at six and three. And if you end up tied with just them, you lost the game. So basically, Horn fans, y'all should be West Virginia fans because if yes. y'all give Kansas State that loss, West Virginia 
this weekend and then give Oklahoma State that loss. Just lose those two. Yep. And then if Texas That's wins it. out, they're yeah. in. Yep. Yeah, don't lose Perfect. two, Kansas State or Oklahoma State. If you want to lose two also, <laughs> go ahead. Yes, that's right. But, yeah. You're right. Oak State losing two, you're fine with. Yeah, that you're absolutely. Good with. With absolutely. Kansas State, you got to try to keep it right there in the middle. Neil, so- that seat's hot. Hopefully those guys will play for you, man. Because you need these games yeah, he bad. Really he really does. And this is a re- this is a game to pay attention to. Uh, and they all are. But Kansas State at West Virginia. West Virginia's already proven it, man. They will put up a fight. They yeah, may not tough. May not win it, but they'll put up a fight. And they just pulled off the game against Oklahoma. Of course, Texas finishes at Kansas and plays Baylor. If you're wondering, Baylor hosts TCU and then comes to Austin. So Baylor's end of schedule is nasty good. Really, if you're a Longhorn fan, the other thing you could do this week, now that TCU got by you and they're, you know, they're already rolling at the top of the conference and they're going to Jerry World, you might as well have them kick Baylor out, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It couldn't hurt. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Because they have to keep playing well if they want to play for a national championship because they could get messy, you know, if they lose any type. Well, they're they're automatically. I think Tennessee would definitely overtake them because yeah. clearly we know they don't have any respect to committee. They have no respect for the Big Twelve. Where we saw TCU the first week, the rankings came out. Honestly, I'm not convinced they'll let them in if they're undefeated. <laughs> I'm really not. <laughs> That'd be so disrespectful. Of course it would, but that's what they do. Yeah, that's what they do, and they'll come up with logic for why it works and why this and why that. Uh, but tonight, would you agree, TCU and the, those four undefeateds are the top yeah. four, right? Yeah, that's easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That game in Columbus, Michigan, Ohio State, oh, it couldn't be bigger. It's, like, it's already one of the maybe the greatest rivalry in all of sports. It couldn't be any bigger this year. It's such a monster game every year, but I love it when it's this. When it's this every year to end the season, that uniform against that uniform, that band and that band, that fight song and that fight song, it always looks perfect. Remember a couple years ago when it snowed? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It just yeah. adds a little yeah. something. Man, I love watching those two play. Favorite and Ohio State and Michigan player of all time. Favorite Ohio State and Michigan player of all time. Uh, Charles Woodson just popped into my head as the Michigan guy. That's mine. And my Easily. favorite Ohio State player of all time. Man, I'm about to think on that one a second. Um, Chris Carter. Ooh. Yeah. I heard he was a huge D-bag back then, oh, but he, yeah. yeah. Of course he was. <laughs> of course he was. Yeah, I'll go with those two. Yeah. I'll go with those two. Yeah. You're a Woodson guy as well? Yeah, I'm a huge Charles yeah. Woodson guy. You know I love cornerbacks. I, I named my dog after Champ Bailey. There you go. Uh, but, yeah, Charles Woodson and Garrett Wilson, hometown hero. Yeah, there you go. Come there on it now. is. Good Garrett call. Wilson. Garrett Wilson. Hometown hero. Look at that. Look at that. This week started... <laughs> This week started with you swearing because of a Westlake guy, and here in the middle of the week, you're you know weeks hey. moving, and, and then now you're talking about, uh, or that was late last week, I guess. That yeah, that was happened. late last week. Late last week, and now you're giving an, a Lake Travis guy love. Look, Lake Travis, they were five A or four A for a very long time, so they didn't make life miserable for my dogs. So it's not the same okay. type of hatred that no. I have. For Westlake. And I heard Ty Henderson talking mess this morning. Ty, I'm going to remember that, dog. Yeah, I heard that, Yeah, yeah. That was very disrespectful. But, yeah, he's lucky he's my guy. But it's okay. He's a man that is breath-eating son of a gun. He can't help himself. He had rude things to say about the the Bowie High School Bucky Gobble just egging him on. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Appreciate that, guys. That that shocked you, right? That Bucky was egging (laughs) it on? 
<laughs> not one bit. Not one bit. I'll no. be filling in for E because he has his son's wedding next week. So we'll miss a day. One of those days next week, I'll be filling in for E with Buck and Ty. Oh, so there you go. I'm excited about that. One of the things you got to know about Bucky, and this is one of the things I love about him, is if you've got a little spark going and if there may be a little fire, Bucky's got accelerant ready. <laughs> Bucky's got lighter fluid ready yeah. to pour on that bad boy. All right, coming up, your uh, second hour starts with Jeff Ward of the Jeff Ward Show. Talk Longhorns, Cowboys, and all the messes they've gotten themselves into. Our flex segment at 1.30, we'll tell you about that all-flex top three because it is coming, and so is the second round of the playoffs. Stay with us. It's the Horn.